0: All the evidence has been planted and we've bribed the witness. Tajmil's definitely going down for this. Hello, and welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scodriel, Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. I'm your host and narrator, Trevor, and with me I have the Fluffles gang. Hi, I'm John, I go by Clovermite Online, and I play Tony Darkomancy.
1: I'm David, and I play Lord Falcone. My name is Brian, and my character's called Tajmel.
2: I'm Kelly, I play Merida.
1: Alright, uh,
0: let's jump back in. Um, we were a little Falcom, uh, Falcom, uh, Taj meal heavy last episode. So, uh, we're immediately going to jump back to Tony and Merida. Um, Tony will pick up right after you left your mother. Um, where, what table do you head back to after, uh, your conversation with her? Um, Tony heads back to his table with Merida so he can giggle about what he just pulled off. I just did a disappearing act of my own mom. Ah, Tell me I'm not good at magic. And then Tony's going to immediately look around for anyone else he recognizes after having mingled with the Faust or, or with the Bornhams.
2: Is there any indication of when Tony's uh, show will begin?
0: Um, the, the Lord Mistborn hasn't shown up. And there hasn't really been anyone who's like stepped up and given any announcements or anything. And so at least for the moment, everybody just seems to be uh, milling about. The band has started playing some music. So there's a couple of people who are dancing. Um, But uh, for the most part, um, it's not. Oh, wait, no, it would have been like a a served dinner. So no food has been served yet, but um, people are kind of dancing um, in preparation for the dinner. But you imagine that it would probably happen after everybody's had their meal,
2: okay,
0: uh Tony. you look around and while there are people that you recognize, none of them are necessarily anybody who you would consider a friendly face. um you see a lot of the important contacts in the room um you do have some of their names memorized just from uh when you really couldn't separate yourself that much from your family and you were try- they were training you to try and recognize it. And so um, you see uh, Breeze Ladrian um, at one corner of the table, lounging with a glass of wine in his hand. Um, in another corner of the room, uh, you uh, see Hammond. Um, you know some of the famous originators are in the room, and uh, you don't have, you don't really see anybody who you would consider like Jame is not there. Um, nobody else that you would consider a friend, or like Palco or anybody of that matter. What about uh, the Eric tellers and Sev? Uh, the air yeah, tellers uh, are not present.
2: Oh damn! Oh, that was my plan. Darn.
0: So Tony just kind of sulks a bit and then sits down.
2: Well, uh, Merida wants to look around and find like the group of people that looks to be the most chatty and try to join their conversation.
0: Okay, um, go ahead and give me a charm roll.
2: <laughs> okay. Um that's a five. Oh wow, I forgot you improved it. What? I got uh two twos and two nudges. Uh
0: okay. Uh so yeah, you're able to um get yourself into a group uh small group where people are talking and um you notice that the the topic of conversation seems to be the return of uh the um oh who was it that was kidnapped um
2: it was like the metalurgist i no, think no not
0: not not him but the oh. the house lord oh right uh um, mm. one it was one of the guy it was the guy who took over Luther. i can't remember yeah, don't I don't remember like, his name off the top of my but, head. But, like, his descendant. I- yeah,
3: she asked Falcombe, I think, specifically to save her husband or whatever, because he'd been kidnapped. Yeah, I forget his
0: name. <laughs> Completely. That's the guy No, we this save,
3: is right? the secondary no. guy that we no. decided not no, to they,
0: save. They were hit by one of the thieving crews because they bragged about having an ATM that they didn't have.
2: Did Merida know about this return beforehand?
0: Um, no. You have not gotten news of that yet. Okay. Penrod. That is it. Penrod, yep. Ralston Penrod. Another Falston? No, Ralston. Ralston, that's right. Lord Ralston, that's right. That was what she was telling him. Um, so that seems to be the main topic of discussion. Um, some of them are talking about um, the, uh, that was rescued in the midst of that happening and how close it was to, uh, public execution, um, before the, uh, Lord Mistborn and, uh, Jim stepped in.
2: And do I- I forget a lot. Did I know about Jim and the Coloss?
0: Uh, well, you met Gavel out- Yeah. And, um, but you- you did not know the details of how he got there yet.
3: So wait, is Gavel there? sorry i'm I'm not there but
0: no gavel is still with the he he's a kolos now
3: oh yeah he decided to say you humans suck and i'm going to join the kolos now right
0: yeah and so um you can basically surmise that um the ralston penrod was rescued by jim and lord spook who then also rescued gavel and sent gavel back to the kolos tribe okay
2: So, is the group I'm with made up of all ladies?
0: Um, yeah, I think so.
2: Okay, so Merida's gonna, um, be in the group and be like, Excuse me, ladies, um, it's the first time I've heard the rumor with the Coloss and Jim. Could you tell me more about that?
0: Well, it's, it's the reason for this party, Um, Lord Jim Darkomancy over there, and she kind of blushes a little bit as she gestures towards where Jim is still standing with his, uh, mist cloak tassling or mist cape tasseling behind him, um, was, uh, contracted by the Lord Mistborn himself to help with some of the misdirection and, uh, things that he needed in order to rescue, uh, Ralston, and after they rescued Ralston, there was a big spectacle in, where, uh, in the Penrod Manor, where they actually had this, this poor Kolos-blooded man tied to a stake and were going to burn him alive. And uh, they both swooped in at the last second and stopped the fires from claiming him. It was something out of Urto uh, itself, where uh, the, the Lord of uh, the Survivor of Flames showed up and rescued this man from the fire. Wow,
2: that's really amazing.
0: It It's quite the story. It's the only thing anyone in town is talking about. Uh, it was seen by everyone.
2: Really? How'd they see it from inside the manor?
0: Well, it was out in the courtyard, and, you know, these things tend to draw quite a crowd. Um, not many people will admit to being there, but I think more would be there than would tell you otherwise, because of just the sheer spectacle. I mean, these are the same people who for generations watched the Lord Ruler execute Ska in the square. This was almost a return to that if the Lord Spook hadn't stepped in. Interesting. Uh, let's jump over to Falcombe and Tajmil. Okay. Um, so Tajmil, you just jumped across, and you think that somebody noticed you out of the corner of their eye. They're not raising the alarm, but you definitely think you saw them turning their head towards you.
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, how close to being caught am I? Just...
0: Um, well, if they come down the hall and look for you, they're definitely going to find you.
1: Oh, shit. Um, well, fuck. Uh, there's pro- Um, I guess I'm going to have to get in a fight. This is where I knew it was going to happen, so- there, How many of them is there? Don't, no, no,
3: um... no, no, no,
1: no, no. Like,
3: Falco's just going to be like, shh, he's going to Calm down. If they're going to come over here, they're going to come over here. Just, like, if he sees Tajmil, like, grabbing coins
1: and about ready to go. I mean, what, something's got to be
0: done. You weren't
1: seen, were you? I think there's a chance somebody could have seen, like, me out of the corner of their eye. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I think that we're getting ready to throw down a little right, bit
3: we just have to wait till our freaking smoker
1: gets here uh, how much longer do we have to wait on that though
0: i mean it's barely been a minute since you sent the bird out the door or out the window yeah
1: oh um is there a way for me to go out the way wi- uh, I, I okay i'm getting kind of lost in where we're at am i outside at this point
0: you are right there in front of the window
1: can I just jump out and, and, like, jump on the roof or something? I mean, there's nothing to say that you can't. It's just
0: whether that will put you at an advantage or not.
1: I think if we're just waiting on the smoker, like, we really just need to kind of become invisible until that, you know, can happen. Then we can start fighting and doing everything. Yeah,
3: but you can't use your alimancy till the smoker oh, gets f- there. Oh, f- yeah. fuck! So. Like,
1: um, you'd be climbing. The what's the building made out of? Yeah, what's the building made out of? Um,
0: it's made out of uh processed planks where you're at. Uh, if you go off the window more to the right, it's made out of uh rough hewn logs. Is this,
1: is this something that realistically I could have a chance at climbing? Because I, I feel like that'd be kind of dependent. Uh, we got to go down, chance, it's that's just... the thing. I thought we were on the ground level.
3: Yeah, but I thought we'd suspect it might be a basement.
1: Okay. But I mean, if we're going to get to the basement, though, after the smoker starts where we can start fighting, though, I thought that's what.
3: I think we should just chill down here. And if we hear them, like, walking this way, I think I have. Everybody give me a spear. I think I have a
0: distraction.
2: Everyone or just those two?
0: Uh, Everyone in the scene.
2: Okay.
0: So, five. Roll well. Oh
3: boy, that was not well.
1: Uh, five, three, one. Yeah, that was not well. I got one, six, four, two, five.
0: So none of y'all got nothing. Uh, you guys are very lucky. Lady Vatine rolled a pair of fours. Oh, on three dice. It's quite impressive. Um,
3: That's all I'm working. The, a
0: man, <laughs> a man comes around the corner. And right as Lady Fatine is about to spring at him, she stops and she relaxes. Oh, Harmony! I'm glad it's you, Glim.
3: Why don't you just turn around and go tell that other guy? There's no one here.
0: Uh, do you do? You, do you have the re- necessary resources to bribe him out of our way or something? Um, we, we need to. I think that's where we need to go in. And uh, Glim kind of glances back towards him down the hall. And uh, shakes his head no.
3: Okay, can you distract him and we can get in that room? Can you get him out of this hallway for like a minute?
0: Oh, I can try.
3: Alright, wait and plan. As soon as we give you the signal that we've got the rest of the crew inside, do the distraction, and I'll come out first. Is he a member of the guard? Uh yeah. Okay. And I'll try and if if all else fails, I'll try and distract him.
0: I mean it would it would help if I had something to kind of you know lead him away with. I there's no way I'm gonna get him to just abandon his post without a reason.
3: Tell him Oh. Okay. So I I don't have anything on this either. How do we get him Tell him there's a fire in the ballroom?
0: Is there a fire in the ballroom? Not yet. Not
3: yet, but it'll at least get him away for a few minutes.
0: That seems like a hard sell. I mean, is there anything else at all? All right, well, I'll see what I can do. And uh, he heads back. Must have been nothing. And goes to stand right next to it. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to do in before everybody else gets in?
1: No, I think um, we're going to be silent Just survive yeah.
0: Okay, let's jump back over to uh, Merida and Tony. Um, we're going to kind of jump forward a little bit in time um, for you guys and say that like, dinner has been served and already cleared away. And so um, Lord Spook still has not shown up, and so the Lord Mistborn Steward that you've dealt with in the past um, kind of steps up and says, uh, Well, Lord Spook... Will not be in attendance tonight, unfortunately. He had other matters to attend to. Uh, I would like to announce and uh, thank our guests of honor for the night for their contributions to our city and keeping it safe. First off, we would like to thank uh, Tony Darkomancy, Tajmil, Merida, and Lord Falcombe for rescuing uh, Falster Bornham. From the clutches of the other city that was plotting against us, trying to steal our best minds, um, you know it, it was quite a brave thing for them to do, and they uh, deserve the respect of the city for their contributions towards the rest of society. And he gives a uh, polite smattering, uh, you know, polite clapping. Um, Falster kind of, uh, you know, gives a little whoop, and he's clapping louder than anybody else. Um, His wife is as well, although she didn't get as enthusiastic as he did. (laughs) Um, After the applause dies down, um, he continues speaking. Uh, But we would also like to uh, recognize not only the uh, service that was performed, but the innate professionalism and unique talents that Jim Darkomancy was able to bring in rescuing uh, Ralston from the kidnappers who had... uh, Seemed to be part of a new criminal gang, had kidnapped him in order to steal Atium. Ah, uh, so we were able to, with his help, very bloodlessly save both Ralston and a poor, innocent, coloss-blooded man named Gavel, who is now on his way back to his tribe. And so, uh, for his unique take on dealing with criminals and kidnapping, the Lord Mistborn would like to expend a deep thanks to Jim Darkomancy, and he looks forward to working with him again in future endeavors.
2: This whole thing seems really suspicious with Jim. Why? I'm
3: more worried about the fact that spook ain't coming, so...
2: I mean, like, (laughs) there's all this big hullabaloo about Jim and how he's so important and giving so many compliments, and then Lord Mistborn isn't even there, and it's just suspicious to me. Especially with the story Merida heard, it just seems a little weird that someone who is just a musician teamed up with Lord Mistborn for a mission so quick.
0: You Musician? You mean magician?
2: Yeah, that's what I meant to say.
0: Yeah, he's copying me. We rescued someone who was kidnapped, and now he's doing it? In all those years, he told me that I should just give up.
2: I'll show him. Uh, So Merida's going to lean over to Tony and um, kind of point to the stage and be like, Hey, Tony, do you see the backdrop over there? Like the fabrics and stuff?
0: Uh, Are there backdrops and fabrics on the stage? Yeah, there's um, like kind of in in the corner. There's a couple of mobile um, curtain rod kind of things where they could set up. Um, a curtain across the front of the stage if they wanted to, but it's just been stored in the corner for tonight.
2: Oh, it's not set up? Oh, I thought it was set up.
0: But it's, like, leaning against the wall. Okay. What, what about them?
2: I thought they were set up, so I was gonna say, like, if, um, if Tony could, like, uh go right in front of it and do his show, it would look so pretty with the colors, but Just to start the fire, but I need to rethink how to do that then.
0: Well, wait, are you telling. Are you actually telling them this, or are you just metagaming? Because if you tell them.
2: I'm metagaming right now, because, like. Is there a way to set it up that isn't suspicious?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm sure that you can convince somebody who wants to reform that it would be a good idea to have them set up. That's what I'm saying. I think you should just say out loud instead of metagame.
2: Well, I, I didn't know if I could set it up, if it was just like...
0: Why don't you just say that to Tony and you'll see what happens.
2: Well, she's going to point at the um fabric and be like, you see those fabrics over there? They're really nice color, and wouldn't it look so nice behind you as you're performing? Add a little pop of color.
0: What what color are they, Trevor? Uh, give me a spirit roll. Ah, just a nudge. Uh, they're a regular black. Oh. I mean, if it was my normal outfit, yeah, but... But, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe with the dark background it'll really make the fire pop. I think you're onto something here, Merida. And and he immediately goes over to, to the steward. Uh, has the steward finished talking? Um yeah, they he kind of got off the stage. um the band has started playing again, um and he's off to the side, um uh, chatting with a couple of uh noble noblemen so so um Tony like just kind of very obviously hovers in his eyeline, like very clearly expectantly trying to get his attention. Um, He will uh, acknowledge you, and then um, after a couple of... uh, He does talk for a couple more minutes, but he does excuse himself and steps over to you. Uh, Yes, uh, Master Tony, Docomancy, what can I do for you? Oh, Merida just had the best idea. Those those fabrics there, wouldn't it be great for the magic shows if they were laid out behind as a backdrop? Hmm... Yes, I I suppose that's easy enough to perform. Uh, And he uh, goes and he fetches a couple of guests, or not a couple of guests, a couple of uh, people working and has them surreptitiously set it up behind it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, When they do go to set it up, uh, that does kind of distract the band. And so the brand stops playing for a second. And in the silence that follows um, across the room, you see your mother stand up at the table um, and she uh, taps a spoon to her glass and gets everyone's attention. And she says, "Uh, excuse me, everyone. Uh, I would just like to take a moment uh, as the patron of Jim Darkomancy House LaRue to make an announcement. Um, Given his success and his fame and his continued dedication working with me to drive this house forward, I would like to announce in celebration with the rest of the city that House the Rue has decided to adopt Jim Darkomancy into our main line, and he will be as a son to me from here on out. And there is a smattering of light applause to this news, and uh, Jim Darkomancy gives an elegant bow. Tony claps kind of the half enthusiastically and and kind of smirks to himself like okay so he's going to do the boring job this is better because now i can be the magician <laughs> <laughs> and then Tony um let's oh, I'm, oh go ahead i would say Tony just goes back to his seat and and pets Fluffles and just kind of excitedly like plans and thinks out loud to Fluffles And Merida, did you want to react to that at all?
2: I didn't hear anything, honestly. My Discord cut out everything.
0: Um, Tony's mom just announced that they were formally adopting uh, Jim into the House LaRue's main line as a son.
2: Honestly, Merida's gonna, like, look really suspicious at Jim. Like, she is full-on skeptical of him.
0: Are you gonna write it in your notebook?
2: I mean, she already wrote stuff about him in her notebook.
0: (laughs) And we'll go ahead and hop back over to Lord Falcombe and Tajmule. Um, a couple of minutes pass, and the uh, rest of the crew comes over and starts climbing through the window as silently as they can.
1: Okay. So, and this are, are we? We're still waiting on the smoker, right?
0: Uh, the smoker is climbing through the window. As soon as he finishes climbing through, uh, he lets you know that he has put a copper cloud up.
1: All right. All right. So you ready to start uh, F and S up, Lord Falcon? No,
3: I think we give the signal and uh, hope that he can distract him. If he can't, I'll go around first alone, and I'll tell you if it's clear or not. If I start talking to somebody, obviously it's not clear. So
1: sounds uh, like uh, we're putting off the inevitable. S hitting the fan.
0: Uh Okay, uh Glim got two uh fours and two nudges. So, um a couple minutes after everybody gets in through the window, uh you kind of peek around the hallway and you see um Glim kind of like patting this guy on the back and starting to lead him away the other way down the hallway.
3: Alright, let's go quick, quick, quick. And uh motion him on. And let's go to the room that they were guarding. Ooh, good thinking.
0: Okay, uh, you guys get to this room, and the door is locked. Can't I pick it? Uh, you can definitely try.
1: Okay, yeah. Let me. Do you me... have uh, lock picking tools? I don't. Is there? But I thought that I I could have swore that before I had to pick something.
0: Um, I'm gonna make it a wits roll plus one for thief, minus two for not having the right tools.
1: Okay, so then wits plus one for so then it's a three roll.
0: Uh, three dice.
1: I didn't. And anything. and while he's
3: notch. like sitting there botching with this, uh, I'm gonna look at uh the pewter arm lady and uh going like motion to myself, motion to her, motion at the door, like questioningly.
0: Uh, she definitely gives you a nod. And um, puts a hand on Tajmil's shoulder and kind of like gives him a harsh shove, so he falls to the side. Um, Tajmil, do you want to try and resist that in any way, or are you just letting yourself fall?
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna fall with the falls.
0: Okay. Um, so I don't think you're gonna get any bonuses for this. So straight, uh, straight physique. So just four. Uh, for Lord Falcon.
1: you don't. Oh, her. oh! I
3: thought I she was gonna do it. But anyways, but yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll,
0: Oh, her impression was you were going to do this together. Okay,
3: yeah, then we'll do it together. If two people rolling like eight and ten, because I got two fives, two fours, two threes, and a nudge.
0: She also got two fives and a nudge. So uh, you both perfectly in sync hit this door at the same time. It knocks the door completely inward, um comes down on the floor with a loud crash and you notice that I, I um, don't think we would be like door,
3: doing that I think we would be just trying to break it to the point where we could get in
0: well you notice on the side of the door that there is um an extra deadbolt not a deadbolt but like one of the crossguard arms oh okay so it, you, that is the only way that you could have gotten in this way. Right. and you had to rip that off the wall so if, even if Tajmil had succeeded he still wouldn't have been able to get in. All right, well what's in the room? Uh inside of the room, um it is just as kind of utilitarian and sparse as the rest of the house has been, uh although it does look a little more like lived in. Um there's a couple of pieces of comfortable furniture and in the corner there is a bed. Um there is a rug on the floor on one side and a uh desk in the corner with uh several candle nubs that have been burned all the way down to the bottom um you get the impression just from uh some layers of dust and other things that the housekeeping staff is not allowed in here and spook doesn't seem to be too concerned with keeping it completely clean uh because of like the number of candles that have been worn down and not replaced or picked up
3: all right so i'm going to start rifling through the desk a little bit and also search underneath the desk and if once I'm done with that, if somebody else hasn't done it, check underneath the
0: rug. Okay, um, Tajmil, Snee's gonna come up to you, um, and he's going to lean in and say, you ever, uh, searched for a trap door with your, your steel before?
1: I've never even thought about that, but yeah, um, thanks for the idea. So then, like, uh, what, uh... Am I, I'm, I'm just pushing, pushing my hands all around, I'm guessing, or am I like full on just rolling on the ground type of thing?
0: Uh, so basically what's going to happen is you're going to start burning steel and the blue lines that shoot out
1: and attach to pieces of metal. I remember that. You told me that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so you're going to,
0: yeah. um, and we've kind of talked about you using it to find like gold and things like that before. So you've used it just to locate objects. Uh, Snee explains to you that there are sometimes um, these caches and doors that can only be opened by a metalborn using their powers, and so he tells you to like look into the floor for a distinctive line that might be thicker than the rest, or might be to a portion of the floor that looks suspicious, and that if you find that source of metal, to push on it and see if you're able to trigger any sort of mechanism. Okay. Um, Falcom, go ahead and give me a wits roll just metagaming here if I was spook if I had a trek like that then I would want something that had to be both pushed and pulled at the same time since Mistborn are a little more rare these days
3: I got two fives a two and a nudge
0: uh, you notice that there is a um drawer that has a false bottom and you open up this false bottom, and in there are a couple of pages of notes um, that uh, have been kind of put here out of sight in the hopes that nobody will find them.
3: Okay, I'm going to stuff those in the big sack that I'm keeping the makowietal in.
0: and in all your bones. All my
3: bones, all my bones at the bottom. Yeah, it's two sets of bones, huh? I would have come with my true body, too.
0: (laughs) You're just packing all the heat tonight. I am rolling on fire for your allies. Uh, Brian, give me a steel pushing roll. So is that,
1: uh, what is that, physique? Uh, It's, uh, you've got a rating of five, so five dice. Okay. Oh, boy. Thank God that they're rolling good on the Allies, because I got a feeling that I burned up all my luck early on. Nope. Wait. Yep. Yep. I got a five, a four, a two, a one, and a three. That's amazing. So you haven't found any? I nothing. I don't. I don't, I don't even have the. I mean, I could spend another spirit, but man, that's getting me really low on spirit then.
0: Um. Snee's going to kind of gesture you over. I think I found where these two are at. So this one, I can kind of feel like stand right here. And he moves you over and he has you stand in a certain spot. And then uh split second later, you just kind of feel a small shift in the floor. As you see, this is what it feels like when I'm pulling on this one. But I walk over here and I look at the floor. And you see this line, the one I'm standing right on top of? Yeah. And as you uh, burn your steel, you do notice that there's a line going to that one. When I'm push- when I'm pulling on this one, it's not activating anything. So I think, uh, see- think think that he's set this up where only somebody who has access to both can get in here. Okay. Called it. Um, so Snee's going to go over and he's going to stand on top of the uh, one that he was on top of earlier. And he's going to look over towards you, Tajmil, and not.
1: So is that my cue to push on him or
0: Um yeah go ahead and you push on that piece of metal and as you do you kind of feel something like give as you're pushing it and the metal kind of moves downward and then you feel the floor kind of shake and then um a uh small depression appears in the floor uh where the uh it kind of like dips down and so you're able to see a small handhold on the other side Of this small square that's opened up where you're able to pull up and reveal a trap set uh, door to a stairway going down.
1: Awesome. That that Zelda sound plays. I'm just going to say there's (laughs) no other way of describing that. (laughs) Our version of it
0: plays.
2: (laughs) Hey,
1: that's our spirit roll sound. (laughs) One of them's in this episode. True. So uh, then we proceed down there and see what okay. creep around I feel I like mean, we
3: it, need it... to cover the giant door shaped hole we left somehow. So when Glim, right, gets back or Glim, I forget.
0: Yeah, Glim. Glim
3: gets back, we might have a story because if they know what's up then we're kind of trapped in a hole, aren't
0: we? That would seem to be a problem. Yes.
3: Who do you guys think should stay behind to watch the door? Somebody we can give a story. Maybe you, my lady. So you want me to stay behind? You can can act hysterical, say that you saw men that broke down this door, they were looting the palace, but then point them in the direction of the ballroom, maybe, or somewhere else, that they could get lost.
0: Maybe you should stay here and guard the door, Falcombe.
3: I can if do that. If only we
0: had someone who could turn into other people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I can do that. I, I will uh I'll watch the door.
0: Yeah, I think uh everybody else here has some role that they need to be performing downstairs.
3: Yeah, I mean there's no use for two pewter arms unless you're gonna get in a fight down there, and I hope that send the bird for me if uh if you need my help.
1: Oh, the bird's back with us? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay.
0: Okay, so Lord Falcombe, you stay behind and everybody else heads downstairs. Tajmil, yep. good with you?
1: Yep, good with me. Oh.
0: Um we will go back over to Merida and Tony.
3: Uh before we go over there, can I say I position myself like I just got like beat up against the wall and just like kinda
0: lay there. Sure. Wait, are you still Falcombe or are you changing into Boyd?
3: I'm Falcom still. No need for work yet. You guys don't know? <laughs>
0: Um, we'll go ahead and say that at this point, um, Jim's magic show is just finishing up. And, um, Jim's magic show is a lot of pomp, and it's a lot of build-up, but the tricks aren't any tricks that, you know, haven't been beaten into the ground a million times by other people before looking to do sleight of hand. Um, other than his illusion of the O.E.'s fluttering mist cape, Which at one point in the show, he called up a kid. He asked for any seekers in the crowd to confirm that nobody was burning any metals um, to make it do that. He has uh, basically not tried to reinvent the wheel and just given a very polished, standardized version of a magic show.
3: When you said how hyped that was, I imagined like a Tony Robbins of magicians just hyping it all up and then just doing normal stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's basically what it is.
2: I still feel like there's something off about him.
0: Well, he does have those weird tassels.
2: So is it your turn next, Tony?
0: Is it is it my turn next? Are we ready for me? Um, Yeah, once he uh, gets done, he gives a bow and he heads off the stage. And the steward kind of comes over to you and uh, whispers that like whenever you want to take the stage to give your magic show that you're welcome to.
2: Okay, Okay, well, Merida's gonna grab Tony before I can leave and just be like, hey, Tony, make sure you're super far in the back when you um, shoot off the fire. It'll really give the illusion of popping out of fire and it'll wow the crowd when you come to the front of the stage.
0: Got it. Thanks for the advice, Merida. Okay, so Tony is going to lead Fluffles to behind the curtain and get Fluffles in position to pop out. When he's ready, and then Tony gives the signal to the magicians to are st- The musicians to start playing, and um, do, do we have someone who will announce him? Um, the the steward will uh, say, "And now uh, a magic show by Tony Darkomancy." And Tony gets up on the stage and immediately starts. Rioting the entire room's sense of suspense. And, oh, go ahead and give me a rioting roll. Uh, okay, how much do I have to take off for the effect crowd? Two dice, okay, so four. Oh, do I get plus one for my spectacle? Yeah, definitely. So five.
2: Can I have, um, can I have Merida watch Jim?
0: I got twos. Um, give me a spirit roll, Tony and Merida.
2: Okay. me mm-hmm. check my spirit. Five. A lot of my stats are five. Fours. Um, I got a pair of fives again.
0: Okay, um, so Merida, you start to feel the normal excitement that you get from uh, Tony as he starts to perform and you're, you're very used to his rioting at this point. Um, and a split second after you feel that you start to feel uh, opposite force kind of fighting that rioting. And Tony, as you're on stage, you feel this kind of oppressive hand um, that's heightening your, or it's lowering your confidence level and it's lowering your, um, your energy and you you're starting to feel a little suppressed, and then you shake your head and you snap out of it, and um, you kind of get an idea in your mind that this is not something that you normally would be experiencing, and that this is something else interfering.
2: From watching Jim, do I see anything out of the out of the ordinary?
0: Uh, Jim seems to be muttering under his breath.
2: Okay, Merida wants to go up and talk to him.
0: Okay. Um, Tony, why don't you go ahead and describe your, uh, like, your opening. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming tonight. I present to you a show unlike any other in honor of uh, the survivor of the flames, who unfortunately is not here tonight. I'll give you a spectacle of fire and mist wraiths. And Tony immediately, um, he throws up his hands and scatters the cards. Um, He's doing, like, the card spring, but instead of trying to catch them, he lets them fling into the air like a bunch of confetti. And then immediately as they're, like, flying over his head, he shoots his fire with his flamethrower and sets them ablaze. Okay, go ahead and give me a physique roll. I'm going to give you plus one for Stage Magician, plus one for Spectacle, and then I'm also going to give you a uh, plus one for how many times you've unintentionally let the card spring out like this. Um, you, you've gotten enough practice with that that you feel like you can not only recreate it intentionally, but make it spectacular. So that's six, right? Yep. All right, I got fours and two nudges. Okay, yeah, so you, you spring these cards into the air with one hand as your other one that's been equipped with the device sweeps out with the other in a grand gesture and you shoot out this fireball that erupts and you tell that like um, Fauster has done a little bit of tinkering with his original design because as this one comes out, the fireball is less of a ball and more of a, a cloud of fire that sweeps out. And as it does so, it catches these cards which do start to smolder and burn as they start to flap towards the floor. And the entire crowd kind of gives a small gasp as this fireball shoots out. And Tony immediately starts rioting uh, excitement. Okay, go ahead and give me a uh, rioting roll. Um, Merida, or give me a rioting roll followed by a spirit roll. Merida, give me a spirit roll. And can I get a plus one on my spectacle? Yeah, I'll give it to you again. Yes, I got fives and a nudge.
2: I got fives and a nudge as well.
0: (laughs) Okay, so once again, um, you start to feel Tony's heightening your excitement, and you're starting to feel it. And then you feel a very slight touch on your emotions going the other way but you're almost immediately able to kind of shake it off. Um, Tony, what did you get on your spirit roll? Oh, I was supposed to do a spirit roll as well. I'm sorry. Threes. Um, you don't even notice the uh, touch of this um, because you're, you're starting to get really excited having this trick go off so well. And so um, you just start carrying on uh merida you sit down next to jim and he stops smuttering to himself and looks over at you and gives a smile um and he pulls out a uh, pen and signs the napkin that's on the table and slides (laughs) it over towards you
2: oh how charming merida's gonna pick it up look at it and kind of does he have a pocket like a front pocket on his jacket
0: uh, I think with it trying to replicate the militaristic style that Olend has, he doesn't have any pockets on the front.
2: Okay, well she's gonna fold it up and kind of stick it like right under um the his jacket lapel and just kind of pat it, be like, "Thanks, here you go."
0: Well, if that's not what you want, what is it that I can do for you, young lady?
2: I was a little curious if um what's the what's the writing word for it? Is it just writing? Uh, soothing. Wait. Soothing? Isn't that the opposite uh, of writing?
0: Uh, yeah, soothing is the opposite of writing.
2: Oh. Is there like a word that combines both writing and soothing?
0: M- n- no, I don't think so. Okay. Emotional I She's gonna alomancy. look at him and be
2: like, I'm kinda curious. I was wondering if Writing or soothing runs in the family of darkomancy.
0: Well, I can tell you that my cousin is a rioter. You can feel his uh, abrasive touch on you at the moment. Uh, Tony, give me a physique roll. Uh, plus right. two. Plus two? Plus two. Threes. Uh, describe a successful magic trick. So the next thing that Tony was going to do is introduce Fluffles and he does the flash paper to get a bright flash and then get Fluffles to suddenly come from behind the curtain and appear on the stage. Um, So you uh, step up in front of the curtain and you give a nod, a surreptitious nod to these two stage hands that you've conscripted to help out and given a hurried whispered instructions to right before you started. And you step forward and give another grand gesture out to the front. And as you do so, you activate the flash paper, which goes off, leaving everyone blinking for just a second. And as soon as they clear their eyes, uh, Fluffles has come charging forward from behind the stage where the curtain has already been closed behind him. And the whole crowd gives a deep gasp at uh, at the appearance of Fluffles. You know the drill. Tony immediately starts writing affection. (laughs) You see, no one could love a monster like that, except at uh, his insistence. Uh, go ahead and roll it, and give me a spirit roll, uh, Merida. Oh, right. What is this? Just one's in a nudge.
2: I got uh, three nudges, but I'm going to re-roll them. I mean, re-roll.
0: got two twos and a nudge um tony you feel a resistance as you try and riot this time and as you're trying to get people to riot affection and really try and get them to uh resonate with fluffles um this pushback just kind of keeps you stumped and you feel like they're really you kind of hit a wall and you've not been able to do anything Um, Merida, you feel a slight dampening on your emotions as well. Nothing pronounced, but you can definitely tell that there is something wrong because you would expect Tony to be, um, rioting your affection at this point.
2: Okay, um, Merida's gonna lean up close to Jim and be like, well, I think soothing might run in the family a little because... There seems to be something that's messing with all their emotions, not just Tony. Do you know anything about this?
0: Give me a charm roll.
2: Okay, let me look at my charm. Five. I got two nudges and two fours.
0: Um, He's going to smirk. And he's going to say, I like how bold you are. I'll tell you what young woman whose name I don't know. If you want to know where Tony got his allomancy, you need to look no further than his mother. And he turns and he looks over where she is sitting, focused very intently, with her eyes closed.
2: Oh my god. I love this. (laughs) Merida is so happy right now.
0: Oh, I forgot to subtract two on my last allomancy rolls.
2: So, Merida's gonna smile real big and nod to Jim and say thanks and then go and go to the front of the crowd uh, where Tony is and um, she's just gonna, like, kind of yell, Go, Tony, you're great! Do the fire again!
0: And, and Tony hearing, Thank you, Merida! Uh, would you like to come up as my assistant? Everyone, Merida, one of the heroes of the city! There's a, colli- a polite collection of applause.
2: She's going to uh, follow him up onto the stage and um, going to act as the assistant.
0: All right, for my next trick, Fluffles the Mist Wraith will appear to devour Merida, but she will be fine and, in a gout of flames, reappear in front of everyone.
2: So So Merida's gonna um step back really really close to um, she's gonna like act fearfully like backing up away from Fluffles even though she's not really scared but like try to act like she is and get as close to the curtain as possible.
0: Okay, all right. And so um Tony tries to prompt Fluffles to like pretend like you know pushes Fluffles towards. towards merida to look like he's about to eat her and then trigger the flash paper and then quickly tell her to go behind the curtain right when the flash paper hits um go ahead and give me a charm give me a rioting roll first okay and then merida i need uh and then i need a physique roll from both of you and then, am I still getting the bonuses on spectacle and stage magician? Uh, not for this one. Okay. So just. Four. I
2: got two threes.
0: I got twos. Um, you didn't need to subtract two from this one either, John. Oh, I'm not. I'm not doing it at uh, crowd. No. Fours then. Okay. Um. So as you kind of give Fluffles a nudge with your foot. Um, you experiment with your rioting already going, and you kind of riot his sen- sense of energy and his uh, sense of, like, restlessness and boredom, and um, that little nudge from your foot gets Fluffles to kind of, like, eagerly come forward and climb on top of Merida as Merida falls to the floor. Um, Merida, as you fall to the floor, uh, what'd you get on your um, physique roll? Plus two. I got two. Tony.
2: Oh my! I didn't do a
0: physique. Yep.
2: Oh, plus two. Do I do another then? No, you're good, Merida. Okay.
0: So that's Five. Oh, I only got a nudge. Um. So you kind of like falter as you try and get the flash paper going. Um. And so it's not as clean as it could be, but Merida's able to combine with the fall and the rush forward of fluffles still managed to get behind the curtain without uh, too many people seeing what happened and then for the finale of the trick tony implores the audience to together call out fluffles bring her back uh give me a charm ball any bonuses uh no not on this one just two nudges i'm going to reroll Getting audience per, uh, participation is pure charisma. Okay, again, only two nudges. I'm gonna reroll. And to two Just a nudge. Uh, Falster in the crowd yells, "Bring Merida back!" and and Tony flashes him a smile and a salute. Fluffles, bring her back! And then Tony triggers the fire. Uh, to try and make it look like it's coming out of Fluffle's mouth.
2: Okay, um, Merida's going to, like, shove the curtains, like, forward, pretending like she's, um, like, flinging the curtains back, and she wants to fling it towards the flyer.
0: Okay, give me a physique roll, and then a spirit roll.
2: Okay.
0: It is time.
2: I got two ones and a nudge for the physique. Okay, and then two threes and a
0: nudge for the spirit. Okay, the threes got it for you, just barely. Oh, nice. Um, As you fling this curtain forward, um, the corner of it starts to catch on fire, and the fire starts licking up the side of the curtain towards the wall, um, and there's a collective gasp from the onlookers in the room, and we're going to go ahead and call the episode there for the week.
2: Thank okay, you. Thanks right for there. listening. Uh,
0: yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We will be back in another two weeks to, um, I don't know if it'll be the conclusion or if we'll have another episode after that, but uh, we will see bye. you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, before I stop recording, I have to say I'm very pleased that Tony did not actually start the fire by his own bundling. <laughs> it was by the grace of harmony. Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure Game is a product of Crafty Games. Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo, and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Podcast, or give us an email at LostLegendsOfScadriel at gmail.com. We hope that you'll like and share and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) We'll probably have to cut that out.
3: Yeah, I know, but...